This is Come On You Reds, the Toronto FC podcast, episode 102. Gareth Wheeler alongside former Toronto FC midfielder, TSN soccer analyst, former Canadian international, and academy coach, Mr. Terry Dunfield. Good morning, Terry. Sounds like you're introing me into a boxing fight. I yes, love it. Yes, in this corner. <laughs> Wearing the green trunks. <laughs> He's not Irish, but he likes to get lucky. It is Terry Dunfield. In the other corner, Wheeler goes by Big Cheese. Big Cheese. So just before we started the pod, you said, <laughs> he told that, oh, sorry, you answered a call and we waited about a parking ticket. Yeah. But then you told us all your nickname used to be Big Cheese. Yeah, ba- back in high school. See, everyone knows me as Wheels now. Right. It's actually kind of funny. It also wheels up. Wheels up. Well, because the last name Wheeler, it's like a lamp. It's a gimme. <laughs> so it's funny. People, I know at what time in my life I was friends with them based upon the nickname they call me. Because wheels, anyone in the media calls me that. In high school, they used to call me Cheddar. Because right. I used to play basketball. Cheddar, I was a money basketball player as well as a soccer player. So they called me Cheddar. And then when I went to the University of Western Ontario, I will not call it Western University, right. my best friend Paco was like, no, 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 you're not cheddar, you're just cheese. He's like, you're the color of a brick of cheese. <laughs> you're not money, you were just cheese. That's awesome. I drove a cheese finder, a pathfinder. Like, my dad was Papa Cheese, my mom was Mama Cheese. I was cheese, like literally everyone that I went to Western with calls me cheese to the point where I'm obviously a patient at Princess Margaret right now. One of the nurses that administers my immunotherapy in the chemotherapy ward, I walk in the first day of my treatment and I hear cheese. No. So she knew you from back in the day. Yeah. Big TFC supporter. Nice. they all call me cheese. I thought it was Swiss cheese because of the back four. People would just score oh, on you. Oh, no. That's rubbish. No, no, no. It's like a brick of cheese. You can't oh, like get through it. the wall. Not, nice. not Swiss, though. Uh, how, how's the week, pal? It, it was a different week because there was TFC2 action. There was plenty of international football to keep up with. And the academy team keeps on ticking along. Yeah, uh, Thursday, our Academy U14s, we beat a very good Hamilton team 4-1, played some good stuff. It, w- it was really windy. Winter's coming, and uh, it actually... Yeah, sort of, it sounded like Game of Thrones. <laughs> By the way, season, se- season 7 Game of Thrones, the worst one yet. I've not seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah, we could. Yeah. I love the Dragon Lady, though, so yeah. much. Anyway. Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> of course you do. Okay, go ahead. Didn't mean to cut you off. Cliched, washed up soccer player. So, anyway. <laughs> so, I still think I've got a chance with her. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, you never know. Um, so, yeah, we beat Hamilton 4 1 in the wind. It forced us to play out of the back. Academy director Laurent was at watching the game. He was complimentary of the team, so that's always good. Coaching was top drawer. Uh, no, the team's the, it really, not to sound like Greg Vanny and be all humble, but the team is a really good team. Uh, Benoit was there again. He's helping out. He's how getting, is, how's Benoit Sheru He's feeling? doing good. The limp's gone now. He, he's, uh, I'm not sure whether he's jogging yet, but his sort of spirits are up now, and, and he's sort of getting his head round, uh, getting back, and hopefully ready just before the playoffs start. Do you uh, think he's got another year in him? I do. You do? Yeah, and, and I think he's done a wonderful job of separating coaching and playing like he's 100% focused still being on a player still being a player he's not, he's not taking on sort of two roles or too much he's uh, 100% 
focus on being important in the change room now while he's injured, uh, but also I think playing next season. That would be my guess. But it it works out like as a professional footballer, and you can speak to this. You have some time on your hands. Like you're taking care of yourself. You're around the training grounds. You're around the facility. You're watching tape. Well. Everything's right here for someone like Benoit, right? Like it just means he's around the Kia training ground a little bit more often. Yeah, and uh, he's around the game, and he's around people around the club, which bodes well for both the first team and everyone else under. Yeah, and the young kids looking up to him, and they'd watch him play on the weekend. Then he'd be taking part of their practice. It's great if you if you look around. You've got former players, Jason Bent taking TFC two, obviously Danny Dicchio. Uh, so there's a wonderful sort of there's a nice mix within the academy of coaches former players current players uh but if i had to guess i think benoit would like one more one more year and the way the club have utilized him and 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 his age and i I think greg van and the coaching staff have done a great job uh a couple of housekeeping issues to deal with our 100 episode is in the rearview mirror but we didn't hand out the grand prize and Sean Kay came back from vacation, the keeper of the prizes. That's right. And we officially have a winner. Thanks for everyone that sent in uh, your tweets. Hashtag the COYR podcast. You used at Wheeler TSN. We asked you, other than Michael Bradley, name one of the three players who have joined the Century Club. The winner actually gave us all three in Morgan Morrow and Azorio. And congratulations goes out to Dobson Canoe on Twitter at TDob1927. He is the winner. If he hasn't been in touch with you already, Sean will reach out. You are the winner of the Michael Bradley jersey. Nice. Congratulations. Signed? Signed jersey. Beautiful. We'll try to get some more prizing as the the season goes on. Kit man, to be fair, Sash is... Tighter than a photo right. finish. It's hard to get kit off him. Right. Your big cheese could probably get us some kit. Maybe some big cheese. But maybe we can, maybe we can get, get some more prizes, like win a date with Terry Dunfield. Yeah. yeah that, or something, something like that. Or, yeah. you know, buy Gareth Wheeler lunch. Buy Gareth Wheeler lunch. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a it seems like I win that prize all the time. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the pints come back your way, right? Right. right. Um, also, next week for episode 103, we want to bring on a, another Toronto FC player onto the podcast. It's been a while. You know, we just do our thing. We goof off. We goof around. We have a good time with this podcast. But we want to bring a player on. Let us know on Twitter. Use that hashtag, C-O-Y-R podcast, at WheelerTSN, at Terry underscore Dunfield. Let us know which player you want us to have on the podcast. Can I have two cents on that? Sure. You, you, it, weigh in your suggestion. Okay. Going on your awesome interviews that you do with the players that are up on TorontoFC.ca, it seems like Jay Chapman's name pops up a lot, and he's got a little bit of banter, a bit of personality. I wouldn't mind him on it. Okay. For, and the Canadian International yeah, as well. Yeah, talk about uh, he got a second cap for Canada against Jamaica on the weekend. And uh, I, I think his fo- – th- yeah, I think I think he's in a good place with his football, and he's an important guy in the change room. I'd, I'd like to get to know so him a bit better. So you're throwing Jay Chapman into the hat. I'm, I'm going to throw Sebastian Javinko's name. Do you think he would have us? Like, his English has got better. Do you think he'd be able to come on this podcast and have a little bit of a laugh with us? I don't know if he'd want to be upstaged by Big Cheese, though. <laughs> <laughs> this welcome to my world, Seba. <laughs> I think he'd be up for it, 100%. Like he is on free kicks, I am on podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at least I hope to be someday. That was you an are. unfair comparison. Who's kidding? You are. You are. Um, 
We're going to look ahead on this podcast Saturday against the San Jose Earthquakes. Good news, Terry Dunfield back in the radio booth with, with me. Looking forward to it. Doubleheader. Doubleheader. TFC 2 in action, taking on Red Bulls 2. Yeah, Red, New York Red Bulls 2 won the USL last year. Uh, always good games against them. And it's good for Toronto FC 2 to test themselves against other affiliate clubs. And that's, I think that's the best test to really see where they're at. It's quality. It actually works out well because TFC San Jose kicks off at 5 p.m. Like an early evening match. So the nighttime game under the lights for TFC 2. Not long ago there was a game, wasn't there? A 5 o'clock kickoff that went really well at BMO. What was that game? I can't remember which one. Anyways, I'm blanking out. It was nice. It was nice walking out, and it was still sunny. It's just the shadows, but now that the sun team is played setting really a little well bit on earlier, the, uh, the sun's setting a little bit earlier, so it shouldn't be that big of an issue. No, and, ho- and hopefully fans, if it be, it mean the world to, to the TFC two players, uh, if you if you've not got something planned, if you can stay and, and watch a little bit of the USL action, and, and, and that kicks that, off at eight. And, and now that eight p.m. kickoff down at BMO Field. Um, and now that the international break is done, there'll be more first-team players, TFC players, who will be readily available to play for TFC too. And also the fact that it's on grass. I think, with all due respect to the Ontario Soccer Centre, the surface, the AstroTurf there is not brilliant. And there would have been times, I think, we would have seen more first-team players get minutes or coming back from injury play for the USL club. But because of the tricky surface, I think... The coaching staff have protected them a little bit, but now that it's back at BMO, I, I wouldn't be surprised, depending on how the first team game goes and injuries, whether three or four are involved. Let's before, before we get into what's happened and what's transpired over the international break, the U.S. men's national team, my God, they're in, a, they're in some trouble right now with qualification from the Hex being very difficult for them. A great friendly at BMO Field on Saturday night with Canada defeating Jamaica. We'll weigh in on the TFC players' performances. It, it was one of those weeks, still, it's an international break, yet play goes on in Major League Soccer. Now, TFC this year hasn't had to deal with playing on a FIFA-mandated bye week. I mean, it's about time because TFC suffered really through the years, Terry, but they benefited from a schedule which has been friendly that way, so they haven't missed their top players. But a team like Montreal was without all, many of their very good players. Jamali wasn't there, Simon. Jackson, Amel, Piet, you can go down the list, and they lose one nothing at home to the Chicago Fire. That's a big loss for the Montreal Impact. And I, I don't necessarily feel bad for the team because of that, because really they're standing or their struggles in the table right now have more to do with their early season struggles than anything else. But that's a little bit harsh, and that was a must-win game for the Chicago Fire as well, a team that's been going in the absolute wrong direction. It's just, for such a crucial game to be played on a weekend like that, it's a little bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like it. I think the schedule has been better for TFC, and rightly so. I don't know whether the schedule makers have really looked at it or whether it's luck, but what happens in England in on international weeks below the championship is if you have three international players your game's automatically postponed and you, and you replay it uh, later in the league t- so that stuff like that doesn't happen I, I watched that game I thought Chicago were very good the Montreal coach Biel will be disappointed because other than the TFC game it looked as though Montreal impacted just turned to co- the corner a little bit Piatti's form a bit good Piet in, in the middle of the park's been excellent Jamali so so going into such a 
crucial game down, you know, top, top players is difficult, especially in a salary cap league. Yeah. I thought Schweinsteiger was excellent. I think he scored the goal and, yeah, and he played did. quite well. He did. They needed him to get back into some kind of form. So a nice win for Chicago. I, I just bring this up because when we're looking at the MLS table, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. There's a big game tonight. We're recording this podcast Wednesday morning uh, between New York City FC and Sporting Kansas City, the best defensively, uh, best defensive team of the game. If New York City FC doesn't pick up three points, can you basically give the supporter shield to Toronto FC? Like TFC right now is on 56, New York's on 47. I don't know how any other team's catching them. The next closest team is 12 points behind Toronto, and they're the Chicago Fire. It's like this has to be a must win game tonight for New York City FC. And if you're li- listening to this afterwards, then make your own conclusions about how big tonight's game is for Patrick Vieira and company. Yeah, I think realistically, I think NYC FC are the only team that could catch TFC. And they're a streaky team. I think when they get into a little bit of form, they can put together three or four wins. Uh, David Villa, he's come back from Spain early. He picked up a knock, uh, whether it was in training uh, no, or... I wink, uh, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, I don't they know. They played our buddy Nicholas Hasler in <laughs> and You we'll fancy going up minutes. against Hasler? Yes. <laughs> well, no, it's not, it's not Hasler. It's like, come on. I don't think Spain needed David Villa for yeah, that. So I'd, hopefully, yeah, so we'll, we'll see whether he's fit. Um, but, yeah, I think I think uh, I, I see a draw tonight, if I'm honest. Casey, or, like you said, very good defensively. Uh, Do you know how smart you're going to look if people are listening to this on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you're calling a draw? I'm calling. I'm people fire. Will be like, call the cat. Terry called a draw and it finished 1-1. I'm like 1-1. the octopus at the World Cup, mate. I called the TFC to win in Chicago. You're on, you're on Canada to win. Days. Yeah, yeah. The Blue Jays to win the other day. You, you're doing well, young man. Thank you, brother. Yeah. So thanks, you like, big you cheese. You like a draw tonight? Yeah, I think a draw. I think I think everybody around the league's happy with a draw, except yeah. for NYCFC. But in the Western Conference, I mean, Sporting Kansas City, they're chasing the first place in the Western Conference. It's snug as well. over there, isn't it? Seattle, Portland, Portland in second place. How did that happen? The team is dreadful defensively. Then Sporting Kansas City, Whitecaps. Houston Dynamo and FC Dallas, they played last week and earned a 2-2 draw with the New York Red Bulls. They were down to 10 men, and they looked the better side of the two. They were the one that was kicking on, pressing on, that looked like they were full marks to find a winner. So that was a really good game. I'm surprised the Red Bulls are, are, are hanging in as much as they are right now. It's just not a team that I look at and... It, it, let's put it this way: It's not like Red Bulls days in the past, Red Bulls teams in the past, where they were very good, star quality, star power players. They 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 completely overrun you. This is just a difficult team to play against. They've kind of adapted and evolved, haven't they? They, they have a little bit. I, I like what their front office did at the start of the year. Trusted in the academy a little bit, and uh, they've gone a little bit younger this year. And, and it's taken a little bit of time for but them they to find their feet. That way. They need to bring in that star. Uh, yeah, they I can see. Have yeah, and and it's don't forget the market's New York. And, and and yes, you love to see your own players come through, but they've lacked that star player. I think Bradley Wright, Phillips is just a pure goal scorer. I think Sasa Kleshin's excellent. But I think if the front office is completely honest with themselves there, I think they've really missed Dax McCarty. But they need that star player. Yeah, they really do. Someone that will create headlines. They're not only competing in a crowded New York market, but they're competing They're in New Jersey. But they're competing against New York City FC as well. And right now, they're the second most popular MLS team in that market. 
which sounds weird that the Red Bulls aren't that. Yeah. So that's kind of what's going on in, in MLS. It just I look at Wednesday just going back game. to the West. I think Seattle will win the West now. Looking at it, I uh, think so too. Yeah. I think the most talented squad. I think the Whitecaps will finish second. Really? Yeah. They've got a couple games in hand. I think Carl Robinson's found his best eleven or getting there. Uh, well, I, I would have said so before Mateus Laba went out. I just Sporting Kansas City, those very good defensive teams seem to find their way to the top. They're going to finish in the top. Don't get me wrong. Okay, let's talk about Lava for a second. I love Lava. I think he's great. I played with him when he was here. But I think just a pure defensively minded player. I think in the MLS, where it's a league where there's a lot of transition, which is important. I think you need to be a little bit more two-way, and without him in the side, I think a two-way midfielder like a Jacobson, like a Chani, um, might do okay. I, don't, I think you're being a little bit more optimistic than I would be right now. You need that player to hold in and cover that back line. Yeah. You, you need that player. I and still, I, and I still I think that that saying. player's got to be able to play, and I think... Toronto have the best holding midfielder in the league, and he can do it all, and it doesn't come cheap. But uh, I, I think from that holding midfield role, you need to be able to set off attacks like Janino used to do in L.A. Uh, Alonzo can Alonso do that can to do a in certain way in Seattle. I'm not sure. I think that with all due respect to Labin, he's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he just lacks that little bit of, of uh, passing range. TFC, 56 points. A big weekend. I, I honestly think a win this weekend against San Jose, that supporter shield is all but Toronto FCs. And it'll be a mere formality as we count down and watch the games play out as Toronto FC continues to pick up points and dominate the Major League Soccer table. We're going to weigh in on the Canadian performance next coming off the bye week in MLS Soccer. This is Come On You Reds, Gareth Wheeler alongside Terry Dunfield. It was a special night last Saturday at BMO Field as a men's international friendly played out. I mean, we were giving away tickets on TSN Radio, the radio station, uh, all week long. So there was a level of promotion around it. Canada and Jamaica, a rematch of the quarterfinal game from the Gold Cup. I'll, I'll say this before we get into what played out on the field I'm so happy that the CNE is done with. Honest, honest, like it's a great atmosphere around the stadium. But Terry, getting in and out and parking and dealing with the madness, I I was 25 minutes late for the game on Saturday night. And and, and, and this isn't the first time you've been to BMO. No, <laughs> no, you've been going Last for 11 I years. Go on a regular basis. <laughs> it was insane. Some sort of arrangement needs to be made. Whether it be better parking, I think that the 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 the, the, the headache that is the Gardner Expressway now is an absolute nightmare. But you can't get in and out. And and, and saying that TFC's game, who is it against? The the game before at home. I, I'm just I'm just blanking out here. Um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia on Wednesday night. Um, and I think even the one before that, was it Portland? No, no, Portland was too early. And it was whatever that game was. I know for a fact that TFC, TFC players and officials had a difficult time getting into the stadium on time. That's a problem. Yes, it's, a, it's tricky because it's, it's packed in the day as a player, and you park in the player's parking lot, and it's right in the middle of the CNE. It's, it's, it's tough. And my takeaways from the CNE was 
<laughs> after a game. I think we one of our few wins. There's a casino there, right? And I think the max bet's ten bucks or something. You, you can't go to town in there. But uh, you know, when max bet's ten bucks. That's what I thought. And you know, I'm a big roller, big yeah. cheese. Um, they still have. If you're playing blackjack and you draw, the dealer takes everything. It's the worst. So I was like, I'm out with my damn box. So you went so in with I, your $20 yeah. and you were out in two bets. Yeah, 19-19. Good scores or good hands, right? Yeah, right. And I got toasted off. Wow. And then I walked out and I had a, uh, to be fair, the burger was decent. I had a donut burger. Right. Unbelievable. Well, donut like the bacon worst burger. casino ever. And that food cannot be good for you. I'm not into any of that. And it was, let, let's get to the game away from complaining about the CNE. Four TFC players. Um, part of the Canadian setup. Two of them got handed a starting role in Jonathan Azorio and Raheem Edwards, and I thought both players showed very well on the night. What what'd you think? Uh, I wasn't able to go to the game. I was at the TFC2 game, uh, but... I re yeah, I watched it back, and I thought I thought it was the right decision from Zambrano to start Raheem Edwards, whether it's a hundred percent on his form for TFC or whether it's just a way of him just holding his hand up and saying, "Look, and look, it wasn't great sending you home early from the Gold Cup. You know, I believe in you, and and I'm going to give you a start tonight." I thought Raheem did well. I thought. Uh, it was it was a consistent performance. He didn't drift in and out of the game. Uh, I thought he gave a lot off the ball defensively to the team. His work rate's infectious, uh, and he really is able to drive the team up the pitch. Uh, and, and I think he really suits the way Zambrano wants to play attacking Brano of football. That's it. I like how you bring that up because Raheem hasn't played that much as of late. But what you oftentimes see in international competition, there's a player that might be struggling to get time for his club team, but he adds something in terms of the way that the international side wants to play. And that's the way that I looked at Raheem. You know, Benny Woodburn, good old Welshman, can't get a game for Liverpool, has been vital in Wales' qualification for the World Cup or attempt to qualify for the World Cup over the last week. So Raheem can step up and continues to show that promise. The more I watch Raheem, the more I think he is a big future here. At he, TFC. he really does. And really does. And fans love him. Not only does he get fans off their seats, my wife watching loves him. Eh? Yeah, she loves, he, did, he did the move where he let it through his legs. Yeah, let it run through his legs. I've seen that. I've not seen that. Was that? I've not seen, loved it. I've not seen someone pull that off for a while. I too. know that was a little old school. Just let it run through I your legs. Let the fullback like, suck you. No, you should have laid it off after. You went for the shot. It's kind of rude. <laughs> yeah, I remember. It sort of. <laughs> he just forced it. He. Uh, it, yeah, it was. It was nice. It was almost like. Um, Iron Robin a little bit. He used to do that yeah. when he was at Chelsea. But uh, no, I thought I thought he was excellent. There's a little bit of tenacity and aggressiveness into his game. He's a two-way player. He tracks back uh, and, and possibly won those minutes uh, in training as well. Zambrano puts a lot of um, emphasis on on training and playing well to get a game. I think that's why Jackson Hamel started well, over top Davies of. Out of the yeah, starting eleven. I don't know whether he's carrying a little bit of a knock right. uh, from from the Whitecaps. He's not been playing as much for them. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So credit to to Raheem Edwards. I thought he took his opportunity with both hands. But just going to Jonathan Azorio, I, I thought, thought he was, he was boss. He was great. Go when ahead. Big yeah. Cheese calls you boss, it's that <laughs> you were boss. Yeah. Um. And, and and he really was. I thought I thought this was Jonathan Azorio's best performance in a Canada red shirt. I thought he played with the freedom. The role suited him in there with Piet just in behind him and Atiba Hutchinson. I, I thought he linked well with the three of them. He's that player that, that sort of 
brings a team together and, and sometimes he goes a little bit unnoticed. He's like that glue in the midfield. He, he keeps it simple, but I, I thought he had a, he didn't drift in and out of the game. I thought he had a real influence in it. And uh, I, I think he enjoyed himself out there. He, he was playing with a smile on his face, took his goal extremely well. Uh, it was a tricky finish that he made look easy on his left foot. Wait, Blake came out and, and he just sort of slotted it through his legs. Listen, I think that that's the type of game that could mean good things for the rest of the season for Oso. There's no denying it. This season's been a little bit of a disappointment from an individual perspective because he hasn't been playing. I mean, this guy played in an MLS Cup final last year, starting player all season long, and it's not really Oso's own fault. Marky Delgado's been that good, and there's competition in the team when you only have three central midfield players and two of them are named Vasquez and Bradley. Like, right? It's it's a difficult spot for Oso. With that being said, thought he played outstanding against Philadelphia. I think he's been good over the last couple of weeks. And building off a performance like that, if you're Greg Vanny, you're looking on saying, there's another option I can rely upon. I don't think he, he believed that he couldn't rely upon Oso, uh, on Oso in the first place. But if a Delgado or Vasquez needs some break, needs some rest, pick up a knock, I mean... You bring in Oso, you're not losing much, if any. Yeah. And, and this is a real position of strength for TFC. I, I agree with you 100%. I think if Greg Vanny's watching that game, he's thinking, I've got a player in form right now. I've got a player who's extremely hungry. I, I thought, I agree with you, I thought he was excellent against, excellent against Philly. A little bit harsh for him to be left out against Montreal, though, in hindsight, Greg and the coaching staff got that spot on. Um, so, and, and it's, been, it's been tough for Ozo. He, he's, he's a real fighter, a passionate player, and when he's not selected uh it's difficult for some players hide it better than others there's there's frustration through his body language and and, and i know it's disappointing not to be selected and and uh and he will have been disappointed this year but i thought against jamaica he was excellent i thought against philly's been good and and that performance hasn't come out of nowhere he was building towards that and i think he's a player that can definitely be counted upon i think tactically uh he flies under the radar a little bit. He, he knows that position very well in the TFC midfield three. Zambrano wanted more from him defensively, and he got that. But if, if I don't want to gush over it too much, only because I don't think it was the best Jamaican midfield. No, that's fine. But you look for good individual performances, and he's put himself right back in the mix. And, and you can only go out and play against what's in front of you, too. Exactly. And he was, he's just so smooth and comfortable yep. on the ball, and... Uh, he's he he he, he, um, he will have enjoyed that performance, and I remember my f- under Ryan Nelson at the start of the season, uh, we were played Vancouver away at BC Place, first game of the season, and all preseason Azorio had been in a team ahead of me. Uh, I played I think a total of 17 minutes, and he'd just come in to I think he came in on trial to the club, uh, earned himself a, a contract, and it looked like he was going to start the opening game in Vancouver. And then I think 48 hours before the game, uh, Ryan Nelson pulled me aside or Jimmy Brennan and said, look, Terry, we're going to go with you in Vancouver. Uh, I think he just went for a little bit more experience. And I remember after training Friday night in Vancouver, I sort of put my arm around Jonathan and said, listen, mate, you're 100% the future. Uh, You know, I I think that I've only been picked for because I've been here before, this would have been your first ever game, opening game at BC Place in front of 30,000 people. I mm. said, look, don't get your head down, and 
you will be a top, top class international footballer. So it's great to see him progress as he has. Only two Canadian players on the field, I thought, maybe shine brighter. One was Atiba Hutchinson. Great to see him back out with the team. Just absolute class. Yeah, both of us, you can't see how it, we're smiling. You, how much longer do you think he can play? I think he could play till he's 40. I really do. I, I think uh, I, I'd love to see him back in MLS. And, you know, he doesn't have to come and play for Canada. I think he wants to be here. I, I think he likes being part of the group. I think, you know, it I'm, shows... Hit pause. Hit pause here. All right. I want to ask because I, I put it out on Twitter, yeah. at Wheeler TSN, at Terry underscore Dunfield. Questions to ask. And Mike hit me up, and he was wondering about future recruitment for Toronto FC. Like, looking ahead, yeah. what else would you add? Could you add an Atiba Hutchinson to this group? I mean, it, it takes some financial work, but I, I'm dead set. I, I enter, like This club will be looking to improve. Like yeah. every club does in the offseason, there will be recruitment. There will be taking a step further. What about a player like Atiba? I think... Actually, it's like, he would love to be here, okay? Like I, I understand Vancouver playing on turf. Players don't want to do that later on in their career. Imagine him in a midfield with Bradley and Vasquez. It, it would just be like... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, to be honest, I love Atiba. I do. I really do. It, I don't know. I don't know if it would be a good fit. I, really? I like the job Delgado's doing. And, and sometimes too. you We're sometimes you can have stuff. too many chefs in the kitchen. And uh, I, I see a fit in New York, possibly. NYCFC. Maybe if Pirlo moves on. He's got to play for a Canadian Possibly team. Montreal. And, uh, if Patrice moves on next year. As I, I'm sorry, TFC Brandon fans. is his home. It is, okay. but, but I, I think economically, you're looking at, I think Vancouver explored it, you're looking at probably three or four million. Uh, so you'd lose a DP. I don't think you'd want to lose any of TFC's DPs. No. I don't think you want to lose Vasquez on TAM, though Bezbachenko is an absolute wizard, and he could probably find we, a way to make it work. We I, I was just throwing that, maybe it's a pipe dream. But that's a player that I see. I know I it's a pipe. I, I believe it's a pipe dream of his too, and and possibly who knows what can happen in eighteen months. He's coming off the back of winning two back to back Super League titles in Turkey for Besiktas. He, he just he, he's effortless on the pitch. The way he plays, he, probably his best attribute, which is similar to Michael Bradley's, is he makes players around him better as well. Right. Best player on the pitch, Junior Hoylet. What is going go, in? I'm going to go with Jonathan Azorio. Really? Yeah, I thought Ozo was awesome. Hoylet, okay, if you haven't been following his Cardiff City team, five wins in five games to start the year. He's Flying. starting, he's scoring goals. Scored two. Like, from that goal he scored against Jamaica in the Gold Cup... He has been flying ever since. He was everywhere all over the field, Terry. Set up the first goal. I just thought he's outstanding. It's like something has clicked. You always knew the, he had the talent. He had the ability. But now it's come good. Now he's showing. And he's turned into, I'd argue, the key player for this Canadian men's national team. And, and I think it shows that your club form, you can take that into your international football. And he's been awesome with Cardiff. It, his career just stuttered a little bit. I thought it, he was in a poor team at QPR. He's making a it was fortune there, it, there. It was there for too long. Yeah, a, for a, a little bit. That... It just became a little bit stale. Yes. And, and Neil Warnick at Cardiff, I think he's got a manager that really believes in him. Also, Octavio. I, I think there's a versatility to his game now where when he played for Blackburn back in the day where he was excellent, which got his big move to QPR. PR. I thought he was a touch one-dimensional. He'd, he'd stay out wide uh, and look to take, 
be sort of defenders. He could go either way. He could come inside or go to the byline. But now he's able to come inside. He picks the ball up in pockets. There's a real end product to his game as we're seeing, whether it's setting goals up or finishing at the Gold Cup. Uh, top, top player and uh, a, definitely a player that MLS teams will will have taken notice of on the back of the Gold Cup in this last performance. Jackson, ML, and Azorio with the goals. A 2 nothing win for Canada on Saturday night over Jamaica. But you can make the argument the biggest win of the match or the biggest win of the night didn't come on the field, but it came off the field of play. Gareth Wheeler, Terry Dunfield with you. This is Come On You Reds. Great scenes at BMO Field, almost 20, well, over 21,000 fans Looked awesome on the, Labor on the Day broadcast, long too. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no worries. And there was a lot of Jamaican support there, but this is where the tide has clearly turned. Whether it's because of Toronto FC, the growth of soccer in this country, the Canadian support drove the atmosphere. They were loud. And they made it feel like an actual home match. Too many times in the past when you've played home games at BMO Field, whether it's Honduran fans, fans from El Salvador, Jamaica, what have you, have drowned out the Canadian support. That has changed because that was a great Canadian crowd at BMO on Saturday night. And that's my biggest takeaway. And that's why there has to be even more men's national soccer games at BMO Field. Embrace it. Don't shy away from it. 100%. It was a buoyant crowd. It was electric. And, and it felt like, even watching it on TV, it kind of filtrated down onto the pitch, too. The players were playing with a skip to their step. And, and it's awesome looking up as a player and seeing just a sea of red around and supporting you. The South sort of Voyagers fans were awesome behind the south end of the goal. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was brilliant. 20 plus thousand people and I think it's a combination of all those factors that you just mentioned. Yeah, it, it, it was great seeing the players celebrate after Mendricard James like hopped over the boards <laughs> to go celebrate with the fans. Went Bambi on ice. Started sliding. Oh, yeah. the Poor Class. guy. Like He was just so happy. Clean he played sheet. well as well too. He did. And he hopped over and almost <laughs> completely failed. <laughs> Poor guy. But I love the heart. I love Petrasso, the way that he's playing in the team. Jackson Amell up top, like starting ahead of Kyle Lair. Like, there's something about this group, Terry. And now that I'm watching the CONCACAF, the, the Hex play out right now, and there's some very good teams and good performances, but I would have loved to see this Canadian team go head-to-head -head with some of these teams and not the team that played through qualification. I just think there's a different confidence, a different mindset, different managers certainly, and a younger group that plays a much more modern game conducive to competing with the best in CONCACAF. I agree. I would love to see them in the hex right now, especially playing at home and, and how dynamic they are, how exciting they are. They really attack teams. And I, I think even their fullbacks now, all of a sudden you've got players like Petrasso, which you mentioned, former TFC Academy player playing at QPR. He's a he's a winger, really converted back to a fullback yeah. position. He's done Un well. Unfortunately, Adekubi picked up a knock. He's another player who's, who, who's on loan from the Caps. I think he's playing in Sweden now. Real attacking fullback. De Jong, he, he's... he's He's all of a sudden a different player under Zambrano. So Fits it, the system. He does. And, and, and I think players enjoy playing the system. Uh, and it's, it's, look, it's, it's, it is what it is. But my time playing for Canada, but it, it was, we had 
tin helmets on when we used to play against teams. We'd sit back, bunker in, and look to hit teams on the counter. Now, you've got all these exciting flair players. Alfonso Davies, Junior Hoylet. Don't forget, Scotty Arfield was in that, that game. Kyle Laren. So there's, there's a, not only an 11, there's the, the, the squad's deep as well. Um, so a great night for Canada. Never mind hosting the World Cup, which will happen, by the way, in 2026. 2022 World Cup Qatar is the next really significant goal for the team. be great and, if we could see a few games at BMO. Oh, would be brilliant. No more games, no offense, on the turf in Vancouver for qualification against Mexico. Bring them to Toronto. This is your national soccer stadium. This is where the games need to be played. We need to do what... what for, for Canadian soccer, what TFC have done, and really, and, and this phrase is overused, but for, for international football, you see Honduras last night, you see some of the CONCACAF countries, you need to build a real fortress at home. Winning home games are this so important. This is the place important. to do it. You know, welcome in fans, support from other teams. It, I, I don't even mind that because it makes it more of an atmosphere. Like, when you're at a place where just fans are just cheering for supporters or cheering for one team, okay, but when you have the good mix, but when the home crowd is dominating, setting the tone, then that's when, as a player, you're feeling like you're playing a real atmosphere. You feel like you're playing at home. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, in the last decade, it hasn't always been the case with Canada. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Hex, because Michael Bradley, Josie Altador are off with the U.S. men's national team. They lost 2 nothing at home to Costa Rica. A team, by the way, Canada drew nil-nil in the Gold Cup. Just throwing that out there. Just drop something there. Marco <laughs> Urena scored two goals. A San Jose Earthquake striker. Uh, then Altador picks up a caution. He's suspended for the game in Honduras. So he's back with Toronto FC this week. Rather than playing in Central America. Then the U.S. goes to Honduras and just eke out a 1-1 draw. Bobby Wood, I think he scored in the 84th minute. That's right. To squeeze out a draw. And all of a sudden... This is an uphill battle for the U.S. to make it out of the hex. Panama beats beats TNT. They're level on points, I believe, with Honduras as well. Mexico's already qualified. Costa Rica's right about there. The U.S. could be forced to play in a playoff to make it into the World Cup. How is this happening? <laughs> Guess to the who US that playoff could team? be against? Against Syria. <laughs> That would be yes. incredible. No kidding. Uh, so I think this, that game in October against Panama in Orlando is going to be some game. That stadium will be rocking, talking about atmospheres. Just going back to the games, Friday night, I thought Costa Rica got their tactics spot on. They really stopped Michael Bradley from playing and, and then looked to hit the U.S. on the counter. And Urena, he's full of running. He ran in behind. We'll see him on Saturday for San Jose. Earthquakes here at BMO. Uh, and, and they just punished. They were they were ruthless in front of net. Uh, and then the, and then the game in in Honduras. I think Bruce Arena would have taken a point before it. He the made biggest eight changes the big, to the eleven. And some were forced through injury. Some were Altador. Uh, but I, I I think the biggest thing was they could not lose in Honduras and. Uh, it was definitely squeaky butt time for U.S. fans, and, um, and and I think it's important for anyone, for all soccer fans, especially North American fans, that the U.S. do get to the World Cup uh, because they're just such a powerhouse, and the money behind them. And uh, I think I think if they don't go to the World Cup, there's budget cuts even within well, the MLS. The fans travel well. You know, the U.S., 100%. like when I was in South Africa in 2010, there were more American fans there than any other support, which is tells you about the popularity of the U.S. men's national team. Mexico's through. Costa Rica went up the post, 1-1 draw. They're almost there. 
But all of a sudden, this Costa Rican team is looking a lot like the team that did so well at the 20, what was it, 2014 World Cup in Brazil, where they were quarterfinalists. Yeah, no, there's something about that group. There's a nice balance to the group. I, I, I think they're they're a real team. Um, the, the, they, the, each player within the group knows their role. Um, and, and I think they've got a, a good gaffer at the helm that kind of looks at each game individually and makes sort of some slight Wow, I like tweaks. how you bring that up because... Listen, Bruce Arena has had a decorated career. He's won a ton domestically in this sport. One thing he isn't, though, is a tactical genius. He's not a guy that pulls the strings. He's a supreme motivator. He, I think he knows how to get the most out of players. But making those tactical adjustments, which are so important today in the modern game, I just don't think he's the guy. I, th I think they're important, especially at international football, yes. where, where teams are extremely organized. Look at Luxembourg against France, sitting back and, and, and defensively just holding off arguably the, one of the favorites to win the World Cup, nil-nil draw. I, I think Bruce Arena, like you say, is a very good motivator, I've heard. I, I think the senior players know where they stand within the group. There's, there's a lot of weight. They carry a lot of weight. Um, and, and, but what, what, what he does do a good job is he simplifies everybody's job. You know exactly what your job is when you go out on that pitch. And look, it, it, if the U.S. get to the World Cup, qualification's forgotten. I still think they will. I, I still think too. they'll be there. So I, think, I, think, I think they're banking on beating Trinidad, uh, which Trinidad have struggled. I think they've only picked up points in one game so far in eight. Right. Uh, so I think they're banking on winning in Trinidad. Uh, and, and it's all going to come down to this Panama game. Shout out to Armando Cooper. Played in Panama's 1-0 loss to Mexico. Came on as a substitute in their 3-0 victory over TNT. Poor Nicholas Hasler. Lichtenstein plays Spain. Eight buried past them. I just... What can you do? Like, that Spanish team is on another level. They ran Italy off the field. What are they going to do to a small country of, like, what, 25,000 people? Like, Liechtenstein? Come on. Yeah. It's just... It's... it's uh Tough. <laughs> Murata was so I, good. In all, in all seriousness, though. David Silva. If you're Hasler and you've been chasing shadows for 90 minutes on a Tuesday, don't you just start Stephen Bateshire against his former team on Saturday? A guy that's rested up, well-rested, hasn't had to travel. I think so. Hasn't played a couple qualifiers. I think so. I, I think you definitely go with Beta. The travel... Eight nil is never fun. Hopefully, got a good jersey. We should probably ask him if we got a kit or yes, something. Yeah. Um, the Ishko one's hot though, right now. To be fair, I wouldn't want a kit um, because then it would just remind me of the game. Right, right. Other than that, go on, you whales. Stay alive. The, 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 sort of. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a good game against Ireland coming up. We we're talking about that off air. Got to be Georgia first. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Javinko and, and possibly a call-up to Italy. Like, Italy got played off the field against Spain, and then they a lethargic Italian team beats Israel 1-0 at home. Like, and by the way, the crowd that, at that game was shocking. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Javinko is good enough to be part of that team. I he is. I, I, like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I don't know if it's snobbery. I don't know if it's the fact that he's here now. But you see Spain recall David, David Villa. I, I mean, it's time for Sebastian Javinko to get recalled to the Italian. And his, and his form couldn't be any better no. right now. He couldn't do anything else. 
Uh, I think there's this wise not called in. Uh, by the way, I thought Italy were awful with a back four. Cialini, they missed big time. Is that they've got a player who plays for Napoli, uh, Insignia. Yep. And I think those two are, are very similar. And um, Which two? Uh, Insignia and Jovinko. And I think right. Insignia, he's just getting the nod ahead of Jovinko. And he's... Insignia, he likes to play up top or as, like Javinko sort of as a shadow striker. And he's playing out wide and, and not really defending. And um, I, I think if Javinko were to go to Italy, he'd be a player you bring in off the bench possibly. But uh, look, he can change a game in a second. And to have a player not there like him is, uh, you know, whether the, the gaffer's being a little bit traditional and, and he's not open up to, to what's going over in the MLS. Um, but it, loss. did you see David Villa's reception, by the way, for Spain? Great, Incredible. Great. He's an absolute legend. We got to run uh, because we got to talk San Jose TFC. Our producer Renata is giving me the deli alley to Kyle Walker. The right. one figure up. We got to have our preview coming <laughs> <like> up now. <laughs> this is Come On You Reds. Wheeler and Dunfield with you. This Saturday is the 6th Annual Canadian Armed Forces Appreciation Day at BMO Field. Toronto FC, San Jose Earthquakes, 5 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Terry Dunfield and I will have the call on TSN 1050. You can watch on TSN as well. This San Jose Earthquakes team, Terry, is streaky. Some big losses, some big wins as well. Coming off a good one, a 3-0 victory over a 10-man LA Galaxy side. Chris Wondolowski just keeps on scoring goals. Marco Urena has just scored three goals in two games while off on international duty with Costa Rica. It's not a team to be taken lightly, sitting in seventh place, right in that pack of the top teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, they're fighting tooth and nail. A, a victory should put them into one of those playoff spots. Wando keeps doing it. I, I think um, he's obviously a good finisher, but his movement's so good. He gets so many opportunities. It'll be important that the back three monitor him and always have an eye on, on where he's at. Just one goal behind Moreno, two goals behind Jeff Cunningham, which could put him in second place. And he scored two hundred or sorry, 132 goals in 286 games. Landon Donovan only scored 145 and 340. That's an incredible goal return, goal record. Modern just scores. And, and he's not been in great teams either, No, if I'm honest. I, th I think San Jose had the one year where they won the Shield. Um, but he's, uh, he, I, I think he's had a wonderful career for what attributes he has. A little bit of a late bloomer. Uh, obviously, a U.S. men's national team player at times has, has a ton of caps. So credit to him, a good guy both on and off the field. And, and there's not many guys that don't like him. I think Urena is a real threat up top. Uh, I, I like his movement. He, he likes to just drift and, and run in behind. He's got excellent pace, uh, and obviously he's on good form. What, what, what you just said about it, how, how good he's been for uh, Costa Rica. Um, they brought in this Georgian named Vaco, actually scored against Ireland in a 1-1 draw midweek, and he's been good for he's the good team. He's good, technical they, they player. made some good international signings. They're a much more solid team than they were a year ago. And remember, a year ago, there was that embarrassing 2-1 loss. TFC loses in San Jose to a nine-man team, and that was the turning point for TFC's season, really. Yeah, And, and I know that that might not be something that they're thinking about, but I know that fans are thinking about that. Yeah, the, and uh, I, I think that that's far enough back that that won't be in the player's mind, but it, it, it's another factor, and, and uh, I like Godoy in the middle of the park. I think he's excellent, one, a good midfielder, him and Alashi. Uh, Thompson. Alashi's actually suspended for Alashi's this game. Good so, show. So that, yeah. that helps. Cautions. Uh, 
Bernardez, the big center back at the back for them. He's he's a bit of a man mountain. Surin will probably come in in the middle of the park for Alashi. So it's uh, it won't be easy. They're, they're a team. Um, they over the years they were predominantly a back to front team. They 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 get it into their to their front players, and Wanda would play off of them. This year, it's a little bit more pragmatic from what I've seen of them. They've changed their system. They've gone to like the TFC system three at the back at times. They flip flop between yeah, back three, back four. They're trying to play a little bit more football in transition. They're an interesting team. That there's not a ton of pace in their team. So when they win the ball, at times they they might look to secure possession rather than looking to really attack teams like TFC do. So it might be a little bit of a slower tempo on Saturday. Uh, care to make a prediction quickly? I think uh, TFC 1-0. I think it'll be a tough game. 1-0? Well, no. Yeah, a okay. Javinko free kick. I'm, I think that, that they're going to be a little bit leggy. I'm going to push the boat out there and go with a so Javinko free kick. Way to get out there on a limb, Terry. I think <laughs> San Jose has seven players returning from international duty. And whether they go West Coast or straight to Toronto, it's not easy to travel from all over the place. I think that plays into TFC's favor. BMO Field remains a fortress. 2-0 uh, final. Okay. Okay. You good? Yeah. Uh, that's about all the time we have. Way to go out on a limb with the 2 0. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I need to just ask the human octopus, the predictor, Terry Dunfield. No, I can't wait. Looking forward to the days. call. Uh, looking forward to having you back in the booth as well. Uh, and thanks for tuning in yet again to come on your Reds, whether you're listening on iTunes, TSN 1050 Radio, on torontofc.ca. Like us, subscribe. Comment, tell your friends, show us some love, please, and thank you. Oh, wish me. I'm making a comeback today in the Armed Forces game. That a boy. Two o'clock. Go down and give me 20, Terry. That's what I feel like yelling every time you make a misplace a pass. What about give me eight? <laughs> uh, for, for Corporal Terry Dunfield and everyone at Toronto FC, I'm Captain Gareth Wheeler, and this is being Come on Your Reds.